0: Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.
1: Yesterday, the darkness was thick, the
0: air unbreathable. Yesterday, we were defeated lost, without hope,
1: but that was yesterday, and now a new day begins, the night is over, the sun is rising, and darkness is on the run,
0: because this is the day that changes everything.
1: And Steph was talking about a merciful God. I was like, "Yeah, this weather, right? Merciful God." After that week of tortures, good though. It's good though. All right. So my name's Jesse. For those of you who don't know me, I'm the family ministry pastor here at Love City Church. Yeah, and, come on, woo, come on. <laughs> and I love being able to hang out with kids age zero to age eighteen. We just have a really fun time. And it's awesome. So today we're talking about more about how we can discover life change when we choose to do life in relationship with Jesus. And so today specifically, we're talking about how we can experience life change, living the way that God made us to live. Okay, so God made us to be a three-part being, body, soul, and spirit. And each part of these three-part being wants to lead, wants to assume the control of our lives and determine how we feel, who we are, and what we do. Okay, but God designed us to have a specific spiritual order so that when we live by that order, how he made us, we can experience the fullness of life that he wants to give us, that he is designed for us to live, that he loves to give those who follow him. So each part, body, soul, and spirit... That gets the most attention will actually assume the control of our lives. So we can't say, Well, God made me this way, so I'm going to live the way that I made. No, like whichever part you uh, pay attention to, whichever part that you kind of fester and let live, will be the part that will take control of your life and will determine how you feel on the inside and will determine how you do. So the first part, of these three parts that God has made us with is our body, and this can also be known as our natural man or our carnal man or our physical body, and it includes our cravings, it includes our appetites, and it includes our desires. So in Genesis chapter 2, we see after this whole beautiful story of creation with God creating the whole world, everything in, in the universe, he takes this moment to intentionally design and create man. And it says that our bodies are made out of dust, out of the earth. Okay, so our body, out of the made out of the earth, is supposed to be a temporary house or a temporary shell for our soul and our spirit. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 says... Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? So our bodies are not only a house or a temple for our spirit and our soul, but God designed it to be a temple for His Holy Spirit. Okay, so this is why it's so important to make every effort to take care of our body and to not to mistreat it, not to do anything to intentionally harm it. Just like in your house, where fellowship, where family happens, you know, where a relationship happens, you wouldn't just go start destroying your house because you know that what happens in there is valuable. You know what happens is there brings life. And so it's the same thing with Sabartis. It's the same thing with the, with this church. We wouldn't start tearing down the pipe and drape. Ah, oh, I hate the pipe and drape. I have to set it up every week. Now I'm just tearing it down. We wouldn't do that because we know that there's relationship with God that happens here. So we treat it with honor and we treat it with respect. And so it's the same thing with our bodies. We have to treat our bodies with honor and with respect so, because they're designed by God to do His plans, to carry out His plans and purposes for us on this earth. Yeah, amen. And it's also important to recognize that our bodies have appetites, both healthy and unhealthy. In Galatians, God warns us to be careful not to do anything that will how is it? not to do anything that leads to our bodies, or in this verse it's called our flesh, or a natural man getting whatever it wants. He's saying, whoa, watch out. Don't let your body run rampant here. Don't let your body run your life. And so we may give in to this desire for that momentary satisfaction that you want, I don't know about you guys, but chocolate cake is my weakness. <laughs> I love a good old chocolate cake. And last week for my birthday, my mom made me a gluten-free, dairy-free, trust me, it was good, chocolate cake with coconut in it. And it was just amazing. And so I had the first piece. And then there was this kind of feeling inside of me that I was like, oh, I want another piece. I didn't feel like I wanted another piece. I knew it wouldn't be the best thing for me. But I was, there was like this craving, this desire to have another piece. So I had another piece. (laughs) Woo, living large. But then what's funny is, I was like, okay, great, I've had my two pieces of cake, I'm good. What's funny is the next morning when I woke up, I woke up thinking about the rest of the cake that was on the counter. And so the first thing I ate was a piece of chocolate cake. (laughs) So good. But like, (laughs) it was so good. But that's how our body, that desire becomes bigger and bigger. And then we start to crave more and more satisfaction. And it's this huge, long cycle. That starts in our life of craving, momentary satisfaction, and more intense craving that will repeat itself over and over until we break it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Whether that's social media, whether that's Netflix, we've all been there when you're sitting (laughs) surfing the channels being like, I don't feel like this, I know I shouldn't be, but here I am surfing the channels. We've We've all done that, right? So we need the power of the Holy Spirit to break this cycle of craving, to break the desires of our bodies. So the second part of our three-part being that God has created is our soul. And our soul wants to live and make decisions based on our feelings, so how we feel. But it's important to know that the soul is one of God's most beautiful creations because it's one of the ways that he has made us in his image with the capacity to think, to reason, and express emotions. Our soul enables us to experience relationships, to have feelings for one another, to love one another, to be happy when you see Andrew Lane come in through the front all like laughing and so happy every single Sunday. Okay, so it's our soul that enables us to have those relationships with people and our soul enables us to appreciate the beauty of the mountains, to appreciate the beauty of our surroundings, to appreciate the beauty of family coming together. So that's what our soul does and so our soul is made out of three parts: our mind, which thinks and reasons, our will, which makes choices. It's, it's our capacity to choose. And this is really cool, because God could have made us we think of it, He could have made us to be robots to do and be whatever he wants, but he made us in his image with the capacity to choose. And the third part of our souls is our emotions, and these believe, feel and remember. So that's the second part of our three-part being. And the third part is our spirit. And this one is really important to know because oftentimes we meet people or we tend to go about our days thinking like I'm a physical being experiencing a physical life on earth and this is kind of it. This is the be-all, end-all of who I am, of what I'm going to experience. But no, we're actually a spiritual being experiencing a temporary life on earth where we get to know God, where we get to live and build His kingdom, where we get to live with purpose. Okay, so God's plan is that our spirits become the strongest part of these three-part beings and be the command center of who we are and what we do. That's his design. That's his intention. And so we have to understand that even people who don't believe in Jesus, they still have spirits. But it's only in Christ that our spirits are made alive and our spirits are made new. It's only in Christ that we can actually live by the Spirit. So let's check out this verse in Colossians chapter two, verses 13 to 14, it says, you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. So you were dead because of your sins. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record and charges made against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. So the cross of Christ bridges this chasm of death and gives us a way to have, or to be in relationship with, to have friendship with, and to have communication with God. And it's this cross of Christ that bridges the chasm of death that also gives us access to the tree of life, just like Pastor Ryan talked about last week. So the moment we're saved and we accept this free gift of grace and forgiveness that God wants to give us in Christ, we are made alive. And we have to know that it's not our bodies, because people can say, well, I've been living and I haven't accepted Jesus into my heart. No, our bodies aren't made alive. And you can say, oh, before Christ, I still experienced emotions. So our soul wasn't made alive, but it's our spirit that's made alive. It's our spirit that is forever redeemed and made righteous before the Father. So this means that without the power of the cross at work in our lives, our spirits are dead. And it's impossible to live by our spirits, but we are confined to living only by what our body and our soul desire, what our body and soul is leading us to do. So when we, how, do we, how are we made alive in the spirit? We receive this new relationship with God and our spirits are made alive because when we're saved, the forgiveness provided in the cross and it's applied to our lives, our spirit and the spirit of Christ are united. Yeah. Sorry if that was a little bit confusing. So in the cross, what happens is our spirit that's dead is united with the spirit of Christ, which is alive, which is full of all power and all presence. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in, let's say it, spirit. Romans 8, verse 16 says, for his, what? Spirit, good job, joins us, joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Romans 8, 10 to 11 says, And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So when we're one one with Christ, our spirits, in our spirits we also receive the Holy Spirit. This is the Spirit of Christ that rose Jesus from the dead. So this Holy Spirit now lives in us and is making our spirit alive and is leading us closer to our Father in heaven and is teaching us all the truth. John 16, 13 says, "'The spirit of truth will guide you into all truth.'" So then when we receive this Holy Spirit and we begin to live by the Spirit, we can adjust our lives to hear God's voice. Just like tuning into a radio station back in the good old days, when you didn't have buttons that did it for you. (laughs) You know, and you're turning the dial and you hear static, 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 and then you gotta get it just right, and then you go a little bit too far and it's static again. You gotta bring it back. You gotta position it just right to hear the broadcast that you're wanting to listen to, right? So it's the same way. In living with the Spirit, we can position ourselves, we can position ourselves in our life to, to be able to hear the broadcast of truth that the Holy Spirit is wanting to speak to you, that the Holy Spirit is speaking over you every single day, every single minute, every single second, but we have to adjust our lives to be able to tune in and listen to what he's trying to say to us. Amen. So I'm going to invite three people to come up here. Steph, you want to come up here? <laughs> Benny's like, not me. Really- I should have just said it. Um, uh, Kendra, do you, would you mind coming up? And Ryan, would you mind coming up? Awesome. All right. So you got a little spirit, a little body, a little, a little soul. <laughs> All right, so I'll get you guys to come line up behind Kindred here, so we'll go body, soul, spirit. So this is kind of gonna illustrate the point a little bit. So when we're letting our body lead our lives, our body is the first thing that determines who we are and what we do. So it's those cravings, chocolate cake, it's those cravings, Netflix, that determines what we do. And then based on our bodies, this will then determine how our soul feels, how we think, how we feel, what we believe what we choose, and then our spirit is kind of left here in the back, being, just experiencing all the consequences of what our body and our soul is feeling, and then our spirit's just left here, not doing anything, just experiencing all the consequences and not being an active agent in our lives. And then if we move to our soul, you can come, soul, and from our body, this is meaning that how we feel or what we believe is guiding our lives. It's we can say, our, this is my truth right? How we feel, what we may believe. Our perception of life is now determining what we do and what we desire, our body. And again, our spirit is left in the back experiencing the consequences of what it means to just live by our feelings and what we perceive or what we choose and then what we do. And then our spirits, again, aren't an active agent in our lives. And then if we move the spirit... In the front, woo, this is where stuff gets good. Do you mind scooching back a little bit, guys? So Steph's not like falling over people. (laughs) So when we let our spirit lead our lives, this this means that who we are in Christ, our spirits that's made alive, the Holy Spirit is now determining how we feel, what we think, what we believe, which will then determine what we do, what we desire, what we crave, So when the Spirit is in control of our life, it now redeems our soul and it now redeems our body. So we're not trapped by feeling, well, this is how I feel, this must be who I am. We're not trapped in being, well, this is what I'm doing, so this must be who I am. But it's now who we are in Christ is leading the way. Perfect, thanks guys. So that's my question for you guys today. Who's leading your life? Who's in charge of your life? Be honest with yourself for the next few seconds. Who's calling the shots in your life? Is it your body? Is it your soul? Or is it your spirit that's made alive? This spiritual order, having our spirit first, then our soul, then our body, is key to experiencing life change. We can't experience life change unless we're still living the way that we always used to. We have to live the way that God designed us to. In order to experience the change and the fullness that he has made for us, he designs for us, he has purposed for us, so our spirits have to be first. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So how do we do this? How do we get our lives in this right spiritual order? How do we do this? How do we experience this life change? It comes from one thing having a life of surrender. We have to surrender our lives to Jesus. Just like that first said, it's only in Christ that we're made alive. So we have to surrender to, to Jesus. We have to surrender to the cross. We have to accept that forgiveness knowing that there's nothing we can do to change our lives but change can only come when we're walking by the Spirit and we're living surrender to Christ, then every day, it's not just a one-time thing, but every day we have to choose to surrender our spirit to the Holy Spirit, choose to surrender our beauty and to cut that craving off by the power of the Holy Spirit in order to experience life change, in order to experience every single day being made new, being made alive, and being made righteous. So the key to life change is surrender. And amazing things can happen in our lives when we surrender, we just choose that position, and we live in the spiritual order that God has created us.
0: So if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, and you want to experience life change in 2020, you need to be led by the Spirit. Life change starts with surrender. Galatians five 16. I'm gonna read a little bit more if we can get it up there on the screen. Oh, there it is. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature cry- craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So it's this idea of surrender. We have to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives and follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Romans tells us um, to not copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but to let God transform us into a new person by changing the way that we think. So how do we do that? When we let go, we think of all the different things we have to just surrender to God. Uh, There's different strokes for different folks, different areas of our lives that we all struggle with. Maybe it's our our past, uh, our time, possessions, money relationships, our own plans, our future, chocolate cake, <laughs> the sweets. You know. We're going to have a time for prayer for anyone with a love for sweets. After the service, that'll happen. Now, when we picture the, the, the word uh, of surrender generally, you might think of someone uh, with a big white flag and they're waving it you know, or maybe it's these uh, troops like uh, in World War I and you see in the old movies, if you've seen 1917 recently and they're all, you know, with their hands behind their backs or their hands raised and they've got this uh, uncertainty and this fear of uh, certain death or torture that is coming their way. But that's not the picture of surrender that we're talking about here. When you surrender to God, you're not surrendering to the enemy. You're surrendering to the creator of the heavens and the earth. The king of kings, the king of glory, the one who sets you out of reach on a high rock, who puts you on a firm foundation. You're not surrendering to the enemy. You're surrendering to the Father, the God who loves you so greatly. I love this picture. I have two kids, Everly and Jet. They're five and six years old. Four and five years old. (laughs) She's, she's, she's a very active parent. she helps me. And they, uh, in our, we have, you know, six stairs uh, that go up the, up the stairs in our house, and um, my kids love to, when I get home from work, run up to the top of the landing and then call me over, and they'll wait till I get there to the base of the stairs. And then they just jump into my arms with abandon, and more often than not, I catch them. <laughs> and it's this beautiful picture that they have. We can take that out, right, if we need to. It's this beautiful picture of the look on their faces before they jump, and they've got this, I'm not sure he's gonna, I think he's gonna, yeah, okay, here we go, and they jump into my arms, and I get to give him this kiss, and then set him back on on the ground, and they go and do it again, and I I release him to do that, and how much more is what I'm trying to say. Does our Heavenly Father love it? When we can do that to Him, and we have faith, assurance of things unseen to jump into His arms. So we do that when we surrender and we release it to God. Because He wants your heart. He doesn't care how much you know. He cares how much you hurt and how much you want to bring it to Him in your weakness and depravity, and he likes to know that you're depending on him to come through. You're trusting in God to come through in the situation. When we're led by the spirit, we have freedom from our past. This is another benefit of getting spiritual order in our lives. That doll is staring me right in the face, and it's very very (laughs) freaky. She has not blinked once. I'm just going to make sure she doesn't track me if I walk this way. I swear I saw her eyes move. Can we turn her head or? No, no, it's okay. Don't you hate it when the failures and the mistakes of your past creep back looking at you from the factory? Every time you seem to be making progress, that old movie reel of the mistakes you made plays in your head. I wish I would have. I wish I didn't. I should have. If only I'm too far gone. I've messed up too many times. I've tried this before. You know, the enemy loves to remind us of our mistakes. Guilt and shame keep us stuck. He likes that. He doesn't want us to move forward into the future that God has planned for us. It's not from God. But here's the good news. There's a guy who wrote a lot of the New Testament in your Bibles named Paul. And for many years of his life, he persecuted the church. He persecuted Christians, uh, followers, disciples of Jesus before becoming one himself. So he maybe is a good example of someone that could have had some things, deal with in the past that might have crept up i don't know what sort of movie you know played in his mind or what sort of contraptions they had to get that mental image but i don't know if anyone's done something like paul maybe don't raise your hand to that but (laughs) here's what he had to say in philippians 3 about the past he said no dear brothers and sisters i have not achieved it perfection but what i focus on is this one thing Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. The next one in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. When your identity is in Christ, you are made new. You belong to God and you've been bought with a price. Let the old life go. Yeah, don't right. hang on to it. Yeah, I mean. You don't need to. Move forward. Yeah. And you do yeah. that through renewing your mind with the truth of God's word and walking in freedom led yeah. by the Spirit. Amen. Romans 8. We'll get it on the screen. I want to read it. Throw a couple of these verses at you. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the spirit think about things that please the spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Therefore dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do, for if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if you put through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Uh, There's a bunch of verses at you there, but the ones I've got highlighted here is that when you let your sinful nature control your mind, it leads to death, okay? But when you let the Spirit lead and control your life, it leads to life and peace. Here's the thing, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do when you're led by the spirit habitual consistent constant sin is destroyed and all the power with it this one hits close to home for me and maybe you know you're thinking to yourself there's something that pops into your mind even as i share these verses from the word of god you struggle with you're constantly thinking about the thing is Bible says God says you're not required you have no obligation to keep doing it you can let God take it from you for a long time I resonated uh, greatly with this scripture in letting my sinful nature letting my soul and body lead my life i struggled with my past i struggled with alcohol for many years i was deep in addiction it hurt my marriage and i let it be a problem for me Because deep down inside, there was something that I was trying to cover up. There was something that I was trying to find. And when I would have a drink, I was able to control when I could lose control. That's how it made sense, moment of clarity. I was able to control when I could let go of control. I had my life, my plans for my life, my career, my drinking, my precious Star Wars character right? <laughs> love that movie Star, Star Trek sorry Sméagol. and he wasn't a pretty guy he wasn't a pretty guy right I was hanging on to this so tight and gripping to the very thing that was tearing me apart I think, you know, habits over time can form, and again, to the point of you're letting your soul lead and your body lead, that you can give in to the sinful nature and these things that are temporary pleasures, but there is a, a deep sense of maybe regret or not dealing with the past or me not realizing who I really was, that you know, I tried chasing the career, money, uh, all these different things that didn't feel it, and maybe uh, maybe you're here today, and you know you can kind of pick up what I'm putting down. You think, you know, there's something in my life that only I know about. It's mine, and I'm not releasing it. I've got it. I've got control over it. I'm not going to surrender it. It's mine. Well, here's the good news. Little by little in my life, as I began to surrender some things to God, I came to this church. I began a real relationship with Jesus Christ. As I did, I found myself here Sunday morning gatherings, Wednesday night at Pursue. Not because I wanted attendance, I just I felt like I was experiencing the presence of God for the first time in my life, unlike ever before. Little by little, I continued to surrender to God. My spiritual order was beginning to change and I was feeding my spirit man more than I was my soul and my body, little by little, I got water baptized right here in this church. I came up out of that water. I was still the you know perfect picture of health that I am with the body. My soul needed renewal, though. My body still needs renewal. Chocolate cake, dang you. But my spirit was made new. Salvation is in an instant. Like that, you're saved, you're going to heaven, you're going to spend the rest of eternity with uh, Jesus. It's going to be awesome, trust me. But the rest of the stuff, the soul and the body, there's a process of sanctification that takes place. Maybe you've had that spiritual experience in church, and then after a little while, you're on this high, and then all of a sudden it kind of fizzles out or, you know, kind of trickles down. And you think, oh, yeah, I remember that was a few weeks ago, it was really good. That's because your soul, your spirit had a little bit of control there. You were letting your spirit lead, but then the buzz wore off, right? And then your soul began to lead again and your body began to lead again instead of continually putting your spirit first by putting in the work, which is good, by reading his word and renewing your spirit. It's good work. So, I was spiritually dead. My marriage was falling apart. And then I started coming to church. And I joined a group. And more and more, I was surrendering my life to God. And He kept showing up. After baptism, I went through a process of prayer and fasting like we're in right now as a church. And I said, OK, I'm going to give up alcohol. And I tried, you know, kind of quitting before. So, I went for a month through the prayer and fasting. God told me very clearly I was reading my word in the morning with tears, you know, dropping off my face into my Bible because he was speaking to me so clearly through his word and it was changing my life. I was being transformed because he was changing how I thought. Are you going to play keys behind me? I love this. I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> do, I, do I get James 2 or is that... Do you want me to wait or should I keep going? I'm just, I'm very, I'm very excited. Okay. No, I can't wait. I want to save something. So here's the thing. When I, when I went a month, God was speaking to me. He said, go three months. So I went three months without this thing in my life that allowed me control, that I love, that I become accustomed to. It was part of my sinful nature. It was my thing. It was mine. And I went three months without alcohol. And my whole life changed for the better. Oh, feel that. Praise God. I think we might have all died if we're in heaven. I'm not sure. to be What will I do? Bow at your feet when I get to heaven. I think I'll just freeze. I don't know what to do. <laughs> i will just listen for a little bit. And then, not now. I'll finish the sermon. So I went three months and what I was able to do is I was able to release enough of that thing in my life, the grip that I had on it. I was able to give enough room to let enough of it go so that God could come on in and grab the rest of it and then go, poof, gotcha. It's mine now. You don't need that. Now, here's the thing. It was a process, you see. It didn't happen instantly. It didn't happen. I wasn't, I'm no longer addicted. When I got out of the water, my spirit had been made new. And when I was reading the scripture, the life I was living was no longer consistent what he wanted for my life because his way is so much better than anything we can think or imagine now I have joy in my life now I have a peace that passes all understanding because I was able to sacrifice and let go and surrender the very thing that I wanted to control to God. I have a restored marriage with my beautiful wife. We have two beautiful, healthy children. We have peace, and I have freedom in my life because I was able to surrender it to Jesus. If you'll lose your life, keep it. What's the verse, Ryan? But if you sacrifice, if you lose it, you'll gain it forever something like that. It's in your Bible. Google it. That's <laughs> So it's not a magic pill. It's a step-by-step process. Little by little by little by little by little. And Jesus, I think, he's one of those friends, at least he is in my life, where he's one of those guys, maybe you have him in your life too, where if you give him just an inch, he'll take you a mile. I might be one of those friends, too. Thanks for letting me use your hot tub, John. But I'll tell you, if you give him just that inch, it'll be the best mile ever in your life when you're cruising with Lord Jesus. It's a funny picture. His his hair is blowing in the wind. Mine's Mine's pretty stationary. Maybe he'd give me hair just for that car ride. Imagine, imagine what your life would look like if our lives were submitted to God, if we were led by our spirit. That thing that you're thinking about right now would have no grip on your life. God made my enemy a footstool underneath my feet. That addiction has no power over my life because of what jesus has done for me praise god let's let this be the year 2020 when you look back in your diary and your calendar years from now and you see that this is the year when i surrendered to god this is the year when god did a miracle this is the year when i let god transform my thinking my mind my life, the year that freedom reigned truly in your life when you let God take the reins. Life change starts with surrender. Let's get in the right spiritual order and let your spirit lead the way And you can make that choice today. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet? Thank you, God. In this, uh, this moment I want to read a scripture in Matthew 11:28 and I want to give uh, anyone a, a chance in the room to respond to the message they're hearing today if you feel God's putting something on your heart and you need to release it to him Matthew 11:28 to 30 says then Jesus said come to me all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest I'm going to start that over this is Jesus talking. Son of God, and he says, Jesus says to you today, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. If you want freedom today, it comes through a life-giving, authentic relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I ask you to close your eyes with me today. In this moment, with every eye closed, I'm gonna give those of you an opportunity that the Lord's provided us today to be in this atmosphere, to be in this room. It's not an accident that you're here today. God's been speaking to you. There's something on your heart that you know you've been grabbing onto, and he wants to take it. But he won't force his way into your life. You must loosen your grip on it. If you want to start a journey today, in a moment, I'm going to just get you to pop your hand up real quick, just so I know who I'm praying for. You don't have to have it all figured out this is the start of a process today with every eye closed in this room you want a journey with God you're tired of doing it your own way you know that the control the addiction maybe that relationship that thing that you're trying to control so deeply isn't working you want to let God into your life and allow him to reign guide you. you want to be led by your spirit united with God. I'm just going to give you an opportunity on the count of three I just want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to point you out I'm not going to call you forward I just want to know who I'm praying for. If you want life change if you want this to be the year are you ready we're gonna do it on the count of three just raise your hand one two. I'm not going to call you out i'm not going to call you forward you don't have to all figure it out god is speaking to you today he's moving in our midst he's moving in your heart and all you have to do is say yes all you have to do is release it to him today are you ready with every eye closed one two three just raise your hand real quick amen amen thank you jesus anybody else Anybody else want to give their life to the Lord today, just raise your hand real quick, right up and down. Awesome. Thank you. So good. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Alright, church. People gave their lives to the Lord today. It says that uh, it says that all of heaven, the angels rejoice when one of those sheep comes back. The lost coin returns. Let's pray together as a church, loud and proud. I'm not going to ask you twice. Let's do it together from the get-go. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I don't have all the answers. Okay, that was too much. A little quieter, please. But I want to start a journey with you today. I'm sorry for every time I miss the mark. Will you please forgive me? Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you control. Let's put our hands together and celebrate with the heavens, the people that gave their lives to Jesus today. Amen. All the heavens rejoice. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.